Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Pod bless, everybody. I'm your host of OPP, Corey Cambridge. And before we get started with this amazing episode, I want to tell you about my other show, Silent Giants. Silent Giants is a podcast that highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. Ever wondered who made the MTV logo? Did you know the person who wrote Earth, Wind & Fire's hit song September? Also wrote the theme song for the hit 90s TV show Friends? On Silent Giants, we learn more about these amazing people and dig deep to learn more about their most famous works. Be sure to check out Silent Giants on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Now, let me introduce you to our special guest of OPP. My name is Scott Gurian. I'm the host of the podcast Far From Home, and you're listening to OPP. God bless everybody, and welcome back to another episode of OPP. Other people's podcasts highlights America's top podcasters and the dope shows they created. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Our special guest this episode is award-winning radio journalist Scott Gurian, host of the amazing podcast, Far From Home, a travel show where Scott documents unexpected adventures and chance encounters with interesting people around the world. It was so much fun chatting with Scott about his career in journalism, his favorite places he's traveled around the world. We get to listen to a short clip of one of his favorite episodes. We get his podcaster's picks. And of course, we get into his dope show, Far From Home. Now, on to my exclusive interview with Scott Gurian. Yo, what up, Scott? How are you doing? Man, everything is everything, bro. Yeah, thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, it's, it's such a pleasure. Wait, wait. So first of all, I got to shout out my homegirl, Sadie May. You know, so she made this connection happen. She's a humongous fan of the show. So she's I like, gather. Yeah. She's a diehard fan of Far From Home. She's like, always posting stuff on, online <laughs> on Instagram and everywhere, so I'm, I'm very appreciative. Where are you from, bro? I live in New Jersey, just outside of New York. Okay. Where in Jersey? Uh, I live in uh, it's Montclair or next to Montclair, um, Newark. Uh, Bloomfield's a town, um, okay. so it's just like without traffic. It's like twenty minutes outside of the city. I grew up there, and then I've lived various other places in Boston and DC. I was in Oklahoma for like four and a half years working at a radio station, and uh, moved back here a bunch of years ago. So I'm I'm here for now, and. Uh, Hope to live abroad and do a lot more traveling in the future. Now, your background's in radio? Yes, I worked in public radio for a bunch of years before I got into podcasting. Okay. Oh, man. So, so yeah. tell me about your career in, in public radio. Wow. So, um, how far back do you want to go is the question. I, yeah. Well, you know, I'm yeah. always interested, too, because I, I feel like I came and got introduced to podcasting very, very late. Like, I mm-hmm. wasn't like a public radio fan or listener. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of got on to that um, that wave a little bit later than most folks Mm -hmm. but how did you first fall in love with public radio or know that you wanted to get into that industry i okay so way back like in high school i was like president of the tv studio and i was originally really interested in like tv and video um and i'm still interested to a degree but um it just so happened that kind of 
you know, interning, getting my first job and everything, I, I knew someone who worked in radio at a community radio station and uh, actually it was WBAI Pacifica here in New York. Um, and I, that was kind of my foot into the door. Um, and uh, so I, I just happened to know someone, started volunteering, did some reporting, um, just kind of learning all myself. I wasn't really trained. Um, yeah. And uh, then I went to school up in Boston, volunteered at a community radio station there, and then got my first job in D.C. at the age of, let's see, this would have been 2002, so I would have been like 23. Um, And I was hired to basically, sing, at least in the beginning, single-handedly produce a daily hour-long national show. What? (laughs) And it was ridiculous. And this was like while the the Iraq war was heating up. And so we had like correspondence in Baghdad and Jordan and Syria. And so I was like keeping in touch with them. And I was like commissioning stories and editing things and booking segments and prepping the host for interviews. And sometimes I had to engineer the show alive on the air. And it was like totally bonkers. Then I got a job out in just near Oklahoma City um, as uh, like a news director at this public radio station. I always tell people starting out in radio, the best advice I could give is if you're willing to just go anywhere, like go to a smaller station in a smaller city, um, you'll be able to get your foot in the door, learn a lot quicker. You'll have a lot more freedom than if you just start in New York or Chicago right, or LA. Right, right, major somewhere. markets. Yeah. So it, um, and I did have a ton of freedom. Um, I again, I was really young and would never have been hired as a news director at a station you know, at that age, anywhere else. Um, got to do a little bit of everything. Um, it was a small station, so I wasn't really directing anyone. Um, I'd say I was like self-directed. Um, and so I basically was the, the only reporter there. And I would, some days I would put on a suit and tie and go to a press conference with the governor. And other days I would go cover a rattlesnake festival in Southwest Oklahoma. And, and then there was a lot of tornadoes, a lot of severe weather in Oklahoma. Um, and I was one of the few public radio reporters in the state. So I got to do a lot of national, I got to do a lot of national stuff or NPR whenever there was any kind of big breaking news or anything. Okay. So I got to be really well-rounded doing that. Um, and I was there for almost five years. Um, so that was really cool. In Oklahoma? In Oklahoma. Yeah. I never imagined. Damn. I know. It seems <laughs> totally random. Um, but I, I really got to do a lot there and, and learn a lot. How has working in radio helped you to become a better podcaster? I, I think just having those skills coming from that background and having done this professionally for so many years, um, I, I think I have a really good year. And I've, I mean, I'm a fair, I think I'm a fairly, I've reached the point, it's taken a number of years, but I've reached the point where I think I'm a much better editor of myself. And um, I, I listen back to some of my early stuff and I cringe, like even just my voicing and how I sound and it, it just sounds really bad. I can't listen to myself. But I, I feel like having those years of experience gives me some knowledge of, of how to make something that's not just listenable, but really captivating and really, you know, something that people enjoy listening. I know how to edit you know, well, so things, you don't hear all the cuts, uh, how to mix in music, all all those sorts of things. Because the thing with podcasting is the barriers to entry are so low. It's so, you know, you could get equipment for so cheap. And there's so many people entering podcasting. I think there's 700,000 podcasts or something like that in the iTunes store now. So there's so many people who are like, oh, I should start a podcast. And a lot of it is just like people talking with their friends in an echoey room in their garage or something. And, um, I, I think having that background where I've worked in radio and I, I kind of know how to, uh, you know, produce something, um, how to craft a story and how to make it sound good just from a technical standpoint, I think really helps me a lot. 
Your role in radio, was it more focused on producing stories and working behind the scenes or was it auditory as well? No, it was mostly um, like doing stories, reporting. Okay. Um, and when I was in Oklahoma, I was sometimes on the air, like live, like host doing, you know, hosting the news, reading the weather and the traffic and, you know, whatever, four times an hour. Um, filing, you know, stuff for the news newscast for NPR for, you know, do and, and doing actual stories out in the field. So yeah, most of what I did, I mean, I did some producing stuff behind the scenes as well. Um, but most of it was like in front of the mic and actually, um, producing stories, editing. Yeah. Okay. What are your top three favorite places that you've been, uh, and, and why? Oh, wow. Um, that's so hard to choose. Um, I really liked Ecuador. Um, I think that was one of the, my favorite trips I've taken. And unfortunately, that was before I was recording audio. So I don't have any radio stories from there. I'll, I'll have to go back. Um, but I went there with my brother one year and we just did so much from, you know, going to the rainforest, to the edge of the Amazon, to um, going to the Galapagos Islands, which is really cool. And then, you know, in, in Quito. Um, and we just crammed in a lot in a short amount of time, but, but not a whirlwind. Like, I feel like we really got to see it and, um, there was just so much variety. And then we were there for new year's Eve where people basically were lighting their own, you know, fireworks in the intersections and they make these giant effigies, like almost like scarecrows. Um, and they set them in these huge bonfires and just the, all the middle of the street intersections and they're burning them at midnight to kind of as a symbol of like burning their fears and worries from the past year. And that was just incredible. That was a really cool experience. Um, I really like Thailand. Okay. Um, the, I mean, I'm a big foodie, so that's a big part of it. I, and I, I don't eat meat. I eat fish and, you know, vegetables and, and the food in Thailand is really good. And, and a lot of it's vegetarian and super cheap. Um, and it's a cool country too. Um, Bangkok, I, I really enjoyed. Um, so I, I'd like to go back and spend some more time there. Um, but of course I have a big long bucket list of other places I'd like to see as well. Um, and where else? Um, as far as my favorite places, I don't, there's a lot of more Western cities. I really like Berlin. Um, Amsterdam was cool, even though it's pretty expensive. Okay. Um, but yeah, I have such a big long list of places I have yet to go. And it's, I feel like my favorite list is always, you know, what's my favorite city, maybe the last place I've been. I mean, there've been definitely been places I haven't been so into like uh, Phnom Penh, Cambodia, it just didn't seem that interesting. There's not that much to see. It's not really a tourist city and it's, you know, um, but uh, yeah, no, there's, there's it's such a big world and there's so much to see. Okay, Scott, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get into Far From Home. Okay. And we- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Be back, bro. All right. So, Scott, yo, how did you first discover the medium of podcasting? Oh, wow. Um, I was listening to podcasts really early. Um, but, I mean, originally it was just, you know, radio shows that started just releasing their shows or, or segments of their shows on the internet and you would have to download them and then connect 
an iPod or something or a phone, or this is even before phones could play audio files. You'd have to connect something to your computer and then transfer the files over. It was I make myself sound old. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, this was before iPhones and, and then iPhones came along and now it's so easy. You don't even need to download things. You could just stream them. Um, so yeah, I was listening from the very beginning pretty much. Um, and, um, there, yeah, there were some really cool shows at the beginning that I really liked that unfortunately are no longer around. Um, what, what were some of those shows? Well, the one that comes to mind was something, it was a, I think it was a series that, again, this was a radio series, a short little series of stories, but I, I guess they made it as a podcast as well. It was from, uh, KCRW, a radio station out in California and it was called The Final Curtain. And I, I don't remember, I, I just caught it at the very end. So I, I'm sorry I had missed the whole thing, but it was a radio obituary program. And each episode they would do like obituaries of people who had died like the previous week or whatever, of really interesting people who like, kind of like your show, Silent Giants, where it's like people behind the scenes who you might not recognize their name, but they did really interesting things in their lives and um, or they played some small role in history or something. And it was really fascinating to hear the stories about their lives. So that that was really cool. I really liked that. Okay. And unfortunately, I started listening right at the very end and then like a few episodes in, okay, it's over now. So <laughs> that was a shame. Um, but uh, yeah, it's I, it, I'm such a podcast listener now. I, it's like hard to remember the time before podcasts. Did, did you know from listening to the medium and discovering podcasts that you'd one day want to start one yourself? I, I don't think I considered it that early on. No. Um, I, I mean, I was so kind of in the radio world and it, this is before anyone could like make a living, making a podcast. And, you know, and again, early on it was podcasts weren't really their own thing. It was like radio shows that were just releasing their segments as podcasts Okay, or for people who like, again, this, I was listening to this show from California, but I was here in New York and it, you know, for listeners outside of their area who couldn't listen over the air, they would listen on the internet or as, you know, in one of those like early podcasts. So that's what, you know, I originally thought the medium was. And, uh, but now it's evolved so much where podcasts are kind of their own thing. And there's so many people who I have so many friends who have don't even work in public radio anymore. They they've left that world and they're now just in the world of podcasts. And I, I feel bad saying this, having worked in public radio for so many years, but I hardly listen to the radio anymore. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not even a public radio thing. It's more like a technology thing. Like the technology, everything's on demand. Now. It's on demand now. It, right. Netflix exactly. started it, and now it's like dictated everything else. Like people just want to listen to what they want to listen to when they want to listen to it. For folks listening, give me the elevator pitch of uh, uh, Far From Home. So, people often say that you know it's a small world, and uh, it's that's true to a certain degree, but the world. It's really, there's so many parts of the world that people never think about and they never go to. And there's, you know, billions of people and literally billions of stories that we never hear. And so I tried to, on my podcast, Far From Home, travel to some of those places and tell some of those stories. Um, I think it's a show kind of about, partially about my kind of unexpected adventures and chance encounters with interesting people around the world. Um, and it's part journalism because that's my background but part you know kind of narrative first person storytelling but I, I don't want to make it all about me either you know it's more about the people i meet and the experiences i have uh, but you know 
going, trying to look for opportunities to kind of go a little bit outside of my comfort zone, but then to really dive into local cultures and find things that are not typical touristy. It's kind of a travel show, but I, I don't, it's, it also sort of isn't like I, I kind of am not looking for typical tourist kinds of things. I'm looking to go kind of off the beaten path um, to go to places that typical tourists wouldn't go to find stories that they wouldn't find. Um, and I'm trying to really make an effort to do not kind of helicopter journalism where I just like show up at a place and then I'm gone right away. Like I, I try to kind of spend more time to like spend a few weeks in a place to really get to know it and to really get to know the people and, and the culture um, to find things that I wouldn't otherwise find. Uh, so something about the inception of Far From Home. Where did the idea come from? How did you get inspired to, to start that podcast? Well, so I had... Um, I've always loved traveling and like even when I was working in radio, I think the coolest experiences I ever had when I was reporting was when I was abroad in a different culture, in a different place. Um, even starting way back, like when I was in college. Um, so my brother and I, a few years ago, started traveling like every year over like Christmas and New Year's, we would take some big trip. We, we didn't have a lot of family left in close family left in the area. And we figured over the holidays, like, what are we going to do? Just you know, cook dinner and sit home by ourselves. We might as well go somewhere interesting. And so we started like this tradition of taking a big trip every year over the holidays. And and we went to Ecuador and the Galapagos Islands one year. We went to Thailand and Cambodia. Um, and then this one year we were in Cuba and we, we were in like a tour group there. We don't usually do tours, but Cuba, it seemed like just logistics of getting around or whatever. We thought it would be easier. So we were in this tour group and we kind of had some issues in our tour and our tour guide kind of got drunk and abandoned our group one evening. Oh. And so so we all of us in the tour group kind of bonded um, and there was this one woman in the group. Uh, her name was Rosie. She's a Brit, but she now lives in Western Australia with her husband, Alan. She and Alan were in the tour group. We kept in touch with her on Facebook. She messaged us a number of months later and said, hey, I'm planning this crazy trip with my best friend, Jane. We're going to take part in this charity event. We're going to be driving um, in a little tiny car from the UK all the way to Mongolia, 11,000 miles. It's part of this group called the Mongol Rally, raising money for charity. And would you and your brother be interested in joining us? Wow. And yeah, I was like, that sounds amazing. Like I, I knew she was doing it, but I, I until she actually asked us, like I didn't, the, the idea wasn't planted in my mind, like, oh, you could do this with her. Like, And when she said that, I was like, whoa, this sounds really cool. Hell yeah, Sammy, yeah. And then it was pretty soon after I decided to go, I was like, well, wait, I should make a podcast about this. So I, I did a whole season of episodes about this trip and, you know, just the, the planning of planning the route, getting the visas and the vaccinations. I did a whole episode about what kind of car do you buy for a trip like that? Um, you know, just, just all, all the little elements of it. Um, and then documenting the journey itself um, through 18 countries that we went along the way all across Southeast through Europe and then across just all the complications we, you know, geopolitical events that are totally beyond our control, no matter how much planning we did, where this is back in the summer of 2016, where we ended up at the border to enter Turkey six days after the attempted coup. <laughs> we're like, what do we do? We're like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, we're, we're scrambling at the last minute. Like, can we still go that way? What, what can't do our visas allow us to go a different way? Is it safe? You know, do we modify our route? Uh, one thing that really impressed me uh, about the show and listening is that you took me on an experience where you were it was a physical experience for you a visual experience for you and you put it into audio form to make me feel like i was there with you yeah what is the process for you creatively to give the listener that experience to feel like they're with you on this trip well as the reporter as, as the person with the microphone um i'm the eyes for the listener you know i i they um 
people sometimes say, like if you ask people in the radio or podcast world um, who've been doing it a while, there's this phrase that radio is a visual medium or podcasting is a visual medium, which sounds weird, but it really is. Like the if you're capturing good sound and you know describing the details of a situation in a way that people could really picture it, in some ways it's way more intimate than video is where someone's just sitting and watching and you're kind of t showing them exactly what something looks like but when you're just describing it and they just hear the sounds they form these images in their mind um and so it's it's images that are very personal to them and yeah they might not be exactly accurate to what what the situation's like but it's it's their own images and so it's very intimate and very personal um and I, that's what I really try to do to get good sound and to really give people that sense that they're in a place to, uh, I, I sometimes call it the podcast for armchair adventurists, um, to, to really make people feel like they're in that place. There, you know, there's a lot of like travel podcasts out there, but most of them that I've heard are just like people, you know, even if they're like in Bangkok or wherever they are, they're like, sitting in their hotel room at the end of the day talking about what they did that day and what they saw and where they went and yeah i guess there's an audience for that and that's okay but uh, that, i feel like that's not using audio to its full potential i want to hear the sounds of those places i want to hear the sounds of the street and the accents and the cars honking and the birds and the trees and the rainforest whatever you know that's really the power of audio, I think. And so I try to kind of use that to its full potential. So tell me about this episode of Far From Home that we're going to hear and about this particular episode. Sure. So this is a scene where um, I, I'm at the ceremony uh, with him. And, and I should mention uh, a bit of um, backstory so people understand. They're in um, Ecuador and, and in Peru. There's a uh, guinea pig is a big part of their culture. They're, where people here, they have them as pets. And there they... they they're like a spiritual thing that people eat them. They're, you know, it's like a culinary, like a delicacy in the mountains in the Andes. And then they cut them open and they, you know, they have different spiritual ceremonies and everything. They call a guinea pig the koi. Okay. Um, and so that's what I, I mentioned in this clip here. And so this, this is a scene where I'm at the ayahuasca ceremony with them. And um, Lucho, who's the curandero, the cure guy, he's kind of leading, starting to lead the ceremony. And he's kind of chanting, you know, doing these like, like singing um, and then um, he gives me the ayahuasca as, as the first person in the group. There we go. Yo, let's check it out. As he sang, Juliana sat next to him with the Bible in front of her on the table. Her eyes were closed, but her arms were outstretched with her palms open towards the ceiling, as if she was deep in concentration and prayer. There was a single fluorescent light bulb hanging in the center of the room, which gave everything a cold and clinical look, hardly the comforting atmosphere you would hope for an experience like this. After his song ended, Lucho gave the bottle of ayahuasca a final shake and then offered me some. Just a little, I reminded him. Okay. In true Peruvian fashion, I was apparently going to be the koi, the guinea pig, for the rest of the group. He poured out about an ounce of it into his wooden cup. I held it up to my nose. It smells strong. Okay, here we go. Mm. Extremely bitter. 
Okay, man. All right. All right. Before we get into our podcasters' picks, um, from far from home, what do you want the listener? What's the underlying message that you want the listener to walk away with about your show? So I'm just trying to introduce people to other cultures and other people around the world, um, just to let them know that the world isn't necessarily a big scary place. Um, you know, even on our big trip we took, as I mentioned, like uh, some people, especially like our father, my brother's girlfriend, they were really concerned about us going to like our, Iran as an American and saying, are you going to be safe? And people are going to be chanting death to America. And a lot of times the images we have from, you know, thousands of miles away are totally not. I mean, maybe there's an element of, of realities to them. But a lot of times they're also very disconnected and actually being there on the ground was totally different than anyone told me about. Um, it was the friendliest people I've ever met in all my travels in Iran. Who would have guessed? You know, it, it's just the sense of Persian hospitality where you meet total strangers and after chatting with them for five, 10 minutes, they're inviting you to come to their home, come for tea, come for dinner, come stay with them. They were so excited to meet us as Americans. They had so many questions. They wanted to practice their English. Um, in Cuba as well, you know, you know, the history of relations between Cuba and the U.S., people there were very friendly as well. They loved American baseball. They were so excited to see us, you know. So um, I think that's the, the main message I'm trying to get across, that wherever you go in the world, most people are just good people. And they're friendly. They're willing to help you out if you get lost or stranded. Um, and that the world is not as bad as people think it is. The, at least I, I'm a, an eternal optimist, but, but my experiences have, have borne that out. Um, and uh, just to give people an insight to some of these places which they might not know about or might be afraid of, um, to let them know that there's people there just like you and me. Wow. So, Scott, we've come to a point uh, uh, in the show called our podcasters' picks. And this is when I ask the guests of today's show uh, to give me their top three favorite podcasts uh, that we should be listening to and describe them to the audience. So, people uh, I, obviously they know about the, you know the big of this American Life Radio Lab, all those. So, I was trying to pick some more obscure things. I really like Reply All, also, but I assume people probably know that. Um, the three I would say would be um, Scott Carrier. Um, home of the brave. Okay. Um, he he's worked in public radio for a number of years. He's had a bunch of segments on This American Life, and um, he has this knack for striking up conversations with total strangers and just getting really interesting things. Like the first story he ever did for public radio, he he like lived in Utah and he just hitchhiked across the country and to NPR's headquarters in DC, showed up with a bunch of tape and said, "Hey, do you want to make a story out of this?" Mm. and it's just the stories he was able to get from total strangers along the way. Like I, I'm jealous of that. Like I, I aspire to do that. Um, and it's just really amazing. And he does that. And he, so he did radio for a bunch of years. And now he has his podcast home of the brave. He, um, and he's been going to places like he just went to like the Strait of Hormuz to like if, oh, the U.S., if they're going to if we're going to start a war with Iran, like I want to get to know that place and the people. He went to Honduras uh, a while back just, you know, because you hear about all the refugees coming from there. And like, well, he wanted to see, well, what's it actually like there? And he met these uh, gang members in like a, a basketball game and just just hearing the stories of these people and just, you know, and he goes to these places you're like, wow. 
um, and just meeting these total strangers and telling these amazing stories. So I really like Scott Carrier, Home of the Brave. Um, I also really like uh, Embedded from NPR, Kelly McEvers, um, who's a host on um, All Things Considered. Actually, I don't, again, because I don't listen to the radio anymore. I don't know if she's, I think she is still an ATC host, but she she has this podcast called Embedded where um, the, the idea behind it is, you know, she used to be a foreign correspondent in, in, in like Baghdad and, and, and other places as well. And to do this kind of storytelling where you're like embedded in a place, but domestic as well, um, to really be able to tell a story well, to not, again, not just parachute in, but to like spend time in a place. And I try to do that as well, to really be in a single place for a while, to really gain people's trust, to like learn the stories and the culture, um, to reach, I mean, every journalist aspires to like reach that point where maybe people are nervous when you first show up with a microphone, but you're there long enough that you kind of become a fly on the wall yeah. and you get these stories out of people that you wouldn't otherwise, and they become really comfortable with you and they almost forget that you have a microphone. Um, so I, I really like embedded. Um, and then, uh, the show, which actually is unfortunately not around anymore, but people could go back and check out the whole archives. It was called state of the reunion. And it was hosted by Al Letson, who's now the host of Reveal um, from the Center for Investigative Reporting. And what they would do, it was actually, it was like a radio show, but they made it a podcast as well. And each show, they would go to a different city around the United States. And they would spend the whole show like in that city, like finding the local stories and the local people. And his motto was like, um, at the end of the show, he'd always say, remember, when things fall apart, it's up to all of us to, you know, bring things back together, um, to kind of tell stories of cities and neighborhoods, like overcoming adversity, and um, persevering. And, you know, when places, you know, when there were challenges in places like Laramie, Wyoming, after Matthew Shepard was killed, or different cities that were kind of down on their luck, um, where, you know, people came to got together. Um, and got past those challenges. Um, and so I feel like there's an element of that in what I do as well in, in some of my shows where I'm kind of profiling places and kind of um, not, not telling kind of a Pollyanna-ish story of like, oh, isn't this place great? But to, to really kind of get beyond just the stereotypes that people might have about a certain place or about the people who live there to really get to know the people and, you know, tell the story of how this place or this culture might not be the way you expect. Um, but it's, it's actually, um, there, there's a lot more positive about it than you might think. And, uh, Scott, why do you podcast? Um, I mean, part of it is the selfish part, just, you know, getting to, again, being a journalist and having this microphone to get to go on these crazy adventures and meet these people and tell these stories. But, um, I'm also just genuinely, I think, curious about the world. And I just love experiencing different cultures and, and understanding how things work in different places and trying the local foods and understanding the customs. And I, I just find it immensely fascinating. Um, and to not just have those experiences for myself, but to share them with other people. Because um, I, I think a lot of other people are curious about those things as well. Um, and then also, as I said, also to kind of change people's perceptions and tell them stories about places that they might not have heard and to, um, you know, change this idea that this place is scary or all these people in place X are, you know, this certain way um, to kind of tell them that, you know, 
things aren't necessarily that way that, you know, here's this other interesting angle or this interesting story you might ne never have heard about. And you might think this about these people or about this place, but it's not necessarily that way. It could be totally different. Well, my G, Scott, it's such a pleasure having you on the show, man. Far From Home is a dope pod. Thank you so and much. Thank you so much to Sadie May for, rec for referring me uh, to Far From Home and having Scott here on the show today. I really appreciate you, man. I'm so glad you had me on. Thank you so much. You do a great show as well. So my God, pod bless you. Nice. We out. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of OPP and to my special guest, Scott Gurian. You can listen to Far From Home on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. This episode was mixed by Joshua Coleman. Music for this episode was produced by Richie Quake. Are you down with OPP? If so, be sure to leave us a five-star rating in the Apple app and let me know your favorite podcast in the review section. Also, be sure to check out my other podcast, Silent Giants which highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. And you can find that as well on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Pod bless y'all. Till next time. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.